Well, hello everyone. Welcome again to another Devo with Patrick and Jamie. We are excited that we could have you today. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one today. We are talking about what, Patrick? We're going to talk about technology in the Bible. And when I say technology, I think cell phone. But technology can be anything. And so today we're going to look specifically at the big boat the ark that Noah built. So if, you, if you're listening and you uh, want to read along in your Bible with us, open it up to Genesis chapter six, right at the very beginning. Super easy. Go down to the end of that chapter to verse 11, because that's what we are going to be reading this morning. Hooray, hooray. Patrick, are you going to do the reading for us? Yeah, I am. Here we go. All right. Genesis six. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark out of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door on the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your son's wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you and be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. The word of the Lord. Oh yeah. Thanks be to God. And what a word Amen. that is, man. Crazy story, right? So we get this whole Noah thing. Uh, Noah is one of those stories. When we talk about Noah, we talk about um, kind of how that went down. We see it in children's Bibles. In fact, almost every children's Bible you'll ever see has the Noah story in it because it seems like a little happy story of this guy Noah walking around. And then there's these like, you know, trail of animals coming two by two following him. And it's like, oh, this is great for kids. It's got animals. Right. It's got a big boat. It's got this guy Noah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it also has something else that makes a little a little troublesome to deal with. Yeah. And that is the fact that God is cleansing the earth of sin. Right. Cleansing via a giant flood. Cleanse sounds like Cleanse, it's a positive yes. thing. And the result was very positive, but it was just a huge, like the worst, literally the worst flood ever. Yes. And mass destruction and mass death, mass death. So everyone except Noah's family survive, um, perishes and only Noah's family survives and only the animals that are in the uh, that are in the ark survive. And, um, you know, when we read this, it, it brings up like a lot of questions for people. And some of them are, 
questions of, well, did this really happen or is this just a story? Some people, when they read this, think more about, well, how in the world could you fit all the, you know, they think about the technicalities. How could you fit all these animals on the ark? Yeah. Um, or they look to it and think, why would God do something like that? Why, you know, would God not know that people are going to be bad and figure this out ahead of time? <laughs> and so there's a lot of different angles we can come at, at this story with. And I think today, though, we're going to take one of the one of the more interesting angles, and that's the technology angle. Patrick, uh, tell us about that. Yeah. So God tells Noah very specific directions on how it's built. Um, very clear. It wasn't a, a parable or something that Noah had to figure out. He, God says, this is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide and 30 cubits high. Now, uh, that the conversion for that dimensions to feet is roughly 450 feet long, 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. So not cruise liner, like not a a cruise ship size or an oil tanker size, but still, you know, very, very big, uh, very big boat. God continues to say that it needs to be made out of specific wood. Um, It has to have rooms in it and it has to have, you know, openings in specific places and it has to have three decks. Now, what stands out to me is the three decks. That's interesting. Because hmm. uh, I mm-hmm. always think, you know, what animals got to be on what deck? Like, was the upper deck <laughs> for, like, the really big animals that are really tall? Or, you know, was the lower for the uh, for all the food? You know? But very specific building instructions that yeah. Noah had to follow follow out. And in that time with the tools that he probably had, this probably took a while to build all by hand. No power tools, (laughs) no, even no, uh, hand driven tools that are as nice as what we have today. I imagine it took a while. I'd imagine, yeah, I'd imagine it took a really long time. And, um, also it was, uh, um, I mean, this would have been an amazing feat of engineering, for anyone. Yeah. Um, but also for a guy who, you know, people are thinking is crazy because here he is building this boat uh, or this massive barge um, and it doesn't seem to have a purpose. Um, so there's, I'm sure there's a ton of expense with it. You know, we don't know uh, exactly what it looked like um, in the way that he built it, but we do know that he did build it and we know that it worked. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe. You know, some of that is is a miracle uh, God's doing, but God asked him to be a part of the miracle, and that that's where I think this technology thing is is really interesting to me in this passage. It's because not only does God say, "I'm going to save the day," and "I'm going to rescue you," "I'm going to save you and your family and these animals," uh, but also um, I'm going to give you the technology to do it. And the technology is is a blueprint. God could have, if God wanted to just, you know, snap his fingers and part the waters, we know God can do that. God's done that before. And his family would have been safe. Instead, though, the way that this worked was God gave Noah this technology uh, and this blueprint. And so Noah was able to jump in and help out with that. Um, I've talked to a lot of people before who, who have prayed for things in their lives and things that are really important. Like a great example would be someone who's sick and, and needs healing. 
and maybe their illness is a really big deal. And, and they're like, pray for me that God would heal me. And God does heal people. I believe that God heals people all the time. Uh, I believe the very fact that our bodies can heal themselves is evidence for, for God. Um, but on top of that, uh, we do see that, that God does heal people. And I always like to pray for the doctors too, that they would be given instruction from God, because I think God uses technology to help people. And here's a great example in scripture of God using technology, uh, to help people and giving them technology to help people. So Patrick, I'm just wondering for you, like when you think about technology that helps you today, like what kind of things do you think about? Oh, uh, one of the biggest ones I think about is, uh, my car. I have a, a little, yeah. a little beat up truck, but, uh, you know, uh, there was many, many years of the motor vehicle being being refined and engineered and made more and more efficient that now lets me travel great lengths. Well, it lets me travel to visit people where as before, if I had to walk to visit someone or walk to work, it would take the whole day. Now I can go somewhere in 10, 15 minutes. And I, I think that's great. So that's like one piece of technology. I also... Uh, think about, you know, phones help uh, keep people in touch and in contact um, always. And it's cool for me to think about like, wow, I can pick up my phone and see my family members that live in Minnesota on the phone in an instant. Whereas when I was a kid to see them like face to face, I'd have to travel there. And even before that, um, before phones, you know, you really couldn't even talk to them. It was all letters and mail. So, yeah. When, when I think of technology, just even recently, I've been thinking about, um, running water, something as simple as running water. And, uh, like, so in my, you know, in my house the other day, I grabbed a water bottle and I was going to go out and, um, I was going to be in a place where I needed water to have water with me. And so I, I filled the water bottle up and I, and I was watching the water bottle fill up. Uh, and I just thought, man, how cool is it that I can just flip a little lever and all this water just, just comes out. Um, yeah. and this place where we live, it's not like there's water just coming out of everywhere. Um, this has to be found and, and tested and stored and transported. And, and then the waste of it has to even be dealt with, um, and it's amazing the amount of technology that we have just to get water to us um, and how far it has to travel to get to us. And, and I'm, I'm always amazed at, you know, how technology works just to keep us alive. Yeah. Um, not even for like, oh, cool, we can play video games. That's technology. Well, that's great. That keeps us entertained. But even the technology that keeps us alive is pretty incredible. And I see that um, as a gift uh, from God. Yeah. That God allows us to have these things. Uh, and this passage is pretty cool because it's kind of uh, maybe not necessarily the first example, but one of the first examples of God giving people stuff, technology to use. Yeah. So, Jamie, I I have two questions I want to ask, ask you about this passage. Uh, oh, one, okay. one is... Uh, kind of random. And then one is like pro probably <laughs> going to be very deep. So are you ready? Ooh. Yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. You have done some woodworking in your past. I know that. Yeah. Uh, what, yeah. 
what is cypress wood like? Is it easy to build something with? Like, think about the yes. size of the the arc. You know, four hundred and fifty feet long. What would have what would have it been like for Noah to be building the ark with a cypress wood? Yeah. So so here's the first thing about this, because you know, believe it or not, I have thought about this passage before, and about the wood itself. And uh, there's a there's a little bit of uncertainty over what it means when it says cypress wood. Okay. So the actual like word for cypress wood. Um, that we have, or at least that we've looked at, uh, is, is, it's uncertain. So they don't really know what it's from, right? So um, in my, uh, I haven't gone as far as to figure out exactly the possibilities of it, but for something like shipbuilding, when I've seen other woods that are used, they're typically fairly heavy, dense, strong woods. So if you think like uh, being on a, a yacht or something, which I don't frequent yachts. I don't know about <laughs> you, Patrick, if, if you frequent the yachting uh, world. but I don't. A lot of woods that people might use, like you hear of teak for wooden boats. Uh, teak is a very dense, strong wood. And it's like that because it has to be able to resist the water. Um, and it has to be treated properly for that. And it has to be really strong. Our houses today, uh, the you know the the building materials we use for houses, they're working harder and harder to make everything lighter weight. Yeah, because um, that just makes it easier and cheaper and faster and all that. Um, I don't know the durability of the ark. I mean, it had to endure a lot, but it also had to hold itself up, and it had to hold um, all the animals that were in there and whatever food they needed during a flooding condition. So that had to be pretty substantial. Hmm. Today, if you think about it, the ships that we have today um, that are made out of uh, a bunch of different types of materials, but the majority of them are made out of steel. Right. And because steel is something that pe- people know how to work with, and it's super strong um, for how much volume it takes up and even for its weight, it's a really strong material. Hmm. So back then... Cypress wood, and I think what we call cypress wood here in the in the states, uh, is a wood that actually is pretty dense. It grows, I think, in swamp-like conditions. Uh, it can be pretty sought after, but I'm not sure exactly what kind of wood they were using. People have, I think, made other guesses as to what kind of wood it's been, but most likely it was not lightweight. It wasn't like balsa wood or like <laughs> even like a two by four, like. Yeah. And, and also with, with a lot of wood, when you work with it, um, depending on what you're building, sometimes you want it to dry first and to make it lighter weight. And usually though, if you're building something for strength, uh, you want it to be a wet a little bit so that when you nail it together or pin it together, however, the joinery that they're doing, you know, however many thousands of years ago, uh, you want it to be able to flex a little bit. And then as it dries out, it'll, it'll change, but Again, man, shipbuilding is a whole nother thing, and it's amazing that you could build something that big, 450 feet long. You know, we're talking about a football field and a half. Yeah. And and have the whole thing be made out of wood is incredible. Yeah. You know, one good way of thinking about that is there aren't trees that are that tall, so like that are that long. So here's Noah building something that is more than um, what would ever occur in nature. Yeah, you know, 
I think about that too. It just probably was so huge and so heavy and so intense to, to build it. But that leads right into my second question for you is once Noah was done building the ark, there was a lot of trust in the Lord that it was going to work on Noah's part. You know, he got it built, he loaded it up and then, then it had to float and he didn't have an opportunity to test it. He didn't have an opportunity to check for leaks. He had to have a lot of trust in the Lord. And probably this was maybe one of the biggest times where he had to trust in, in God, uh, God's plan that he told him uh, that something would work, that this would work. So my question for you is, have you ever ex- had a time in your life where you had to trust in the Lord as much as Noah had to trust in the Lord in this passage? Man, you know, I've had to trust in the Lord in my life uh, in a lot of different ways. I don't know if any of them can be compared to um, having to trust the entirety of humanity to God, <laughs> to God, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the what comes to mind, and, and this is kind of a, you know, a, one of these examples, when I first worked at camp, the first night, uh, we had that I was there. We had this big staff meeting, and we were all working at this this camp together for the summer. It was going to be eleven weeks of of camp and and a great time together. And um, we had this little service, and all the staff came together. and And the guy who's running the camp said, "You know, if there's something that's going to get in the way between you doing what God is calling you to do, um, what would it be?" You know, maybe God will put something on your heart. You know, maybe there's like a sin issue you're dealing with or or maybe there's something back home that you need to kind of let go of for the remainder of the camp just so you can continue to serve God. And what God put on my heart at that point was all my stuff is going to get in the way. Because what mm-hmm. I had done is I had thought I had just bought a new truck, a pickup truck, and I thought, you know what, I'll um, I'll use this truck when I, when I work at camp and that'll be great. And and I had bought a new drill because I was doing maintenance work at the camp. And I thought, well, I'll have this drill, so I'll be set. I'll have the right drill. I got a truck. And um, I had money so I could, you know, put gas in the truck and other things like that. So it was all geared up. I had all the gear I, I, I needed. And I felt like I needed to trust in God more than in my stuff. And the interesting thing was, without even realizing it, over the course of the next week, God took away all of the things that I had. Um, A friend of mine dropped my drill off of a 30-foot ladder, and it cracked in half. Um, Never seen a drill do that before, but uh, (laughs) I guess 30 feet in the air, it'll do that. So I didn't have my drill anymore, brand new, cracked in half. And then um, uh, my wallet the very next day, my wallet just disappeared, gone. I thought someone stole it. I was looking around for it, couldn't find it. And that meant that I couldn't put gas in my truck. It meant that I couldn't cash my paychecks. Oh man. Uh, I had to be completely reliant on God for food, for, I mean, for everything. I had to just be completely reliant on this camp. Yeah. And it put me in a weird spot because I was thinking, and and it, it took me, I have to tell you, it took me a good week or two to figure out, um, that this was something that God was doing. Wow. And when I figured it was funny, the day I figured it out, I'm like, Oh wait, I prayed at the beginning of this camp that God would, you know, I gave that up to God 
And here God was taking all the things that I thought I needed away and showing that he's got my needs in mind and that I just need to trust him and not try to do it all on my own. Yeah. Because unlike Noah in that situation, what I was trying to do is I was trying to figure out how to do it best instead of just trusting that God knew how to do it best and following his plan. Mm. Now, here's the cool thing, and this doesn't always happen, but the cool thing is as soon as I figured that out, I said, wow, that's awesome. But I kind of still need gas in my car and I still need my wallet back because I'd be a bummer to lose my wallet and all my money. And my drill is still broken. Um, But as soon as I learned that lesson, uh, all of a sudden, all those things started coming back. My friend fixed my drill for me without even telling me. He like ordered parts and fixed it. Uh, The camp I was working at was like, hey, we'll put gas in your truck. We have like a gas station here wow so you can drive nice and then and then i went and i looked under my friend asked me he's like hey can you find this thing i looked under my bed and there sitting on top of my bed was my wallet which is weird because i had looked underneath there about a dozen times trying to find it and i couldn't find it and it was just sitting right on top nice and i don't know how that worked but i know that god had something to do with that whole thing yeah no that's a great story uh you know, trusting that God is in control. And, uh, you know, I feel like that's a narrative that we talk about a lot on the devos is God's plan for us. And God knows best. It's not our plan. It's God's plan. It's not our will, but it's by God's will. But, um, I, you know, I can kind of agree with you. I don't know if I've ever, I've never been in Noah's shoes where I have to trust in what God has called me to do to save all of humanity. But even the individual point where, you know, the ark should start floating. I don't know if I've ever even been there. You know, that's a lot of trust too. Like it all comes down to one, one pivotal moment. You did all this prep and everything else. You got everyone all lined up and in and ready doors closed, but that's not, that's not it yet. You know, it doesn't end until, you know, everyone is um, that was on the ark is all safe at the end, but that's a lot of trust, trust in the Lord. For me, trusting in God, uh, just comes down to that, uh, is like a, a prayer practice for me. Just praying like, God, um, I trust you, whatever curveballs you throw, whatever, um, highlights, positives, negatives, I'm just trusting that it's part of God's plan, um, has always been a prayer practice of mine. And, I've never really had God tell me very clearly and precisely um, what he wants me to do, but I I get nudges and it's like about the prayer to hone in on, you know, okay, what what does this mean? Um, I hear God speak to me all the time, but not, not in the sense that Noah probably experienced it. But I, I know that it's by, um, by me trusting that the God is at work in me and has a plan for me is why I'm here today. You know, it's just reflecting on, that's right. For me personally, reflecting on my, my hobbies of technology. Um, and then that matching with doing meetings on zoom and recording podcasts and videos remotely, it all blended together. And I think that for me, it's like, God is showing me that, you know, he's been gifting me throughout my whole life. And it's like God saying, you know, you've trusted me for so long. Now you get to use all these things I've given you in new and unique ways. Um, so that's kind of, uh, how it all comes together 
for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing. You know, I think sometimes we like to, we try to make a, uh, we try to pick a fight that's not there. And the Mm. fight would be like, do you have faith or do you have technology? And uh, that's a false fight. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Right. And this passage is a great example. Um, God is saying, you have me, that's all you need. And I might give you technology um, and you can use that. So it's something that God uses. So, you know, even we think about that in medicine. I think we think about that in science. I don't think science and faith uh, are, are having some epic war against each other. Mm. It just isn't like that. I think actually uh, when you come at faith uh, from a science perspective, that can be a little bit challenging because the two kind of don't necessarily jive together because science is built on repeated things, something that can happen again and again. And a lot of time faith is built on what we can't see, right. uh, what we don't see, what we don't understand. Things that shouldn't make sense do make sense. And, and that's a, a, part of, a part of how faith works. But I think we can approach science with a faith background, knowing that it's something that God can and does use. So I hope you all that are listening had fun diving into scripture with us this morning into Genesis 6. If you have any questions, yeah. all of our contact info uh, is on the podcast description, so you can reach out to us anytime. And if you have any any uh, inclinations to get more into the technology of the Ark, there's a bunch of great uh articles out there you can google them and find them and gopher wood is the word that people use for whatever that that wood the ark was made out of unfortunately we don't know what gopher wood is so you can basically come up with a word and say that's what it was made out of and you'd have just about as much understanding of what that is so go check it out go google gopher wood if you're into some more of the technology of the ark blessings everyone have a great week